0: Welcome to Date Night at the Movies.
1: Or How I Spent My Baby Money.
0: I'm Jess. I'm Jordan. And this week we're talking Toy, Toy Story, Story
1: four. 4. So this has been a long time coming. Hi. We haven't, like, not only have we not done an episode together in a while, uh, I've been trying to keep it going while you were gone, but it's just more interesting with you.
0: I completely understand, although you held down the ship pretty well. I did, I did okay. I I had my moments. I do want to say, um, first and foremost, we have a very elusive dog of the
1: podcast right now. Charlie's down here, and Charlie's actually interested in us. This is weird. (laughs) He says, well, so we have been gone
0: a whole, whole lot, and he has been super clingy. He's been a very good boy. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, if you've been following us on Twitter, we've been trying to be very active on Twitter, and we, um, if you look at hashtag dog of the podcast, you might see uh, a furry best friend for adoption near you. That's right. Um, So we have been sharing that. I'm getting, I'm currently being cleaned by the bear.
1: Should we catch everybody up on what has been going on this summer? Like, you know, not a full rundown, and you know, don't have to break NDAs or anything like that, but. Like just what's been? Where have you been while I've been seeing Child's Play and John Wick?
0: <laughs> um, well, I was in LA for the for most of June, and then um, had some crazy thing happen. Things happen, and LA got crazy. Ended up back in Atlanta uh, sooner than expected, um, and then Jordan left.
1: Yeah, I was a music director for. Uh, welcoming and closing ceremonies at Anime Expo. So I think I mentioned that I'd spent a lot of the run up to Anime Expo binging as much anime as I can. Yeah. Uh, As much as I could stand. Um, I watched the Miyazaki movies like Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke. Mm -hmm. Uh, I watched some Cowboy Bebop. And I watched Akira because that's what you do apparently whenever you. Alexander Ward, actually, I went to him for advice, like, where do I start? And he's like, dude, that's a loaded question. <laughs> and he's like, listen, if you are not already into it, if you go, if you watch the Miyazaki movies, bebop, and Akira, those are the ones that have the fewest amount of tropes.
0: Yeah. Well, and Jordan, uh, we have a 10 year old in our life and he got Princess Mononoke for his birthday yeah. because Jordan has a newfound love I think okay,
1: well the Miyazaki movies are so good they are so good
0: um in a log line why are they so good why should why should someone see a Miyazaki movie
1: okay so I guess the best way that I could describe it without getting too artsy and all that stuff is you know how we love the Incredibles because it's not a, it's not an animated movie it's a movie that happens to be animated yeah that's what the Miyazaki stories are um and he touches on a lot of deep things there are a lot of really great hidden meanings behind things. Uh, And they're also just beautiful to look at. The artwork is just incredible.
0: Um, And for someone who's kind of maybe wondering, what is anime all about? Especially since I would consider you a little bit of an outsider.
1: I'm very much an outsider. Um, But
0: it's something, this isn't your first anime expo.
1: so this is my first time doing a creative thing at anime expo. So I've been slowly climbing the ladder.
0: But let... If someone was interested in this fantastic world of anime, what would you tell someone who's like, "I'm curious about it"? What, like, tell me a little bit about anime. So
1: the reason why I can get onto anime, and you know, I didn't grow up with it, you know, especially the area where we lived and we went to school. Like, if you were into anime, you were considered weird and geeky, and yeah. I would rather be considered weird and geeky for other reasons. <laughs> um, but. I, it just wasn't really a part of our culture. Like you know, Cartoon Network used to show Dragon Ball Z and I tried to get into that and I just couldn't get into it. you know. Mm-hmm. What I like about anime now and especially the ones that I've watched, and again, I'm listing off all the things like if an act, if somebody who actually has spent a lot of time in this genre were listening to the things that I'm watching, they're like, oh yeah, of course you would watch those. And I'm just like, well, yeah. Um, what I like about it is it's endless creativity. If they have an idea, they make it happen. It doesn't matter if it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. If they have an idea, they make it happen. On Cowboy Bebop, they wanted a genetically engineered corgi to be a part of the crew, so that is why one of the characters is a genetically engineered corgi. There you have it. So, yeah, and I, I latch on to that. If anybody's listening, I would love to write music for an anime. Totally.
0: Um, and then, because a lot of this movie is about going and seeing movie with someone that you really, really like. Um, Jordan and I actually went on vacation. We did. It was a weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it was still one day longer than our last vacation. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So
0: we had a magical two solid days.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, with the other days we're traveling.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, with one full day in our location. So we went to the beach. Yes, we did. Because uh, Jordan and I are both... Uh, if we're fish people, meaning you get us near a body of water and we just stay in meaning the body of water. Meaning we kidnap
1: supermodels what? in the water.
0: What? are the creatures
1: from the back Black
0: Lagoon. Oh, I can only see, anytime you say the creature from the Black Lagoon, all I can see is that video of like,
1: F this, F that, that bird. <laughs> Thank you for making me not bleep that. You're welcome. <laughs> I, really, I really try. Um, I, I was gonna forgive you if you just went with it. Yeah,
0: so we were down... Um, by the coast and a hurricane came in because we're so good at that. Mm-hmm. That's um, how
1: we spent our honeymoon as well. Yeah.
0: Oh, I've never been so... I, so we went on a cruise for our honeymoon and I you can put me on a normal boat, you can put me on rocky water, I'm fine. You put me on a cruise ship, I turn green. And then that last night the waves,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the waves were so big. Even you were getting a little nauseous.
1: Yeah, I mean, we both had to take something.
0: I, well, I was throwing up everything I had that week. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my favorite, I think, from our honeymoon, is we got to the our first port, Grand Cayman, and I got, I, because you go from a boat to a boat, the moment I
1: put feet on dry land, I hurled. Yeah, she went behind a little stall storefront that was closed, and just everything out of her stomach left her mouth, and I was like, are you okay, you okay? She was like, yeah, I'm like, good, let's get out of here before they make us clean it up. (laughs) We're horrible people.
0: So anyway, uh, we had one of the things that I really, um, we are true to ourselves is we can be on the beach, and we still have a date night at the movies. Yeah. So it was a really stormy night. We had, we, I mean, struck out on food, things. I'm It was so it was. We so ended up crappy. finding some
1: really good pizza, though. We found
0: some good pizza. And we're like, let's watch a movie. Y'all, we have been revisiting the 90s. Oh, I yeah. can't Hard recommend for. it enough. It is... Mostly way behind the times, but we rewatched watched um, Nine Months. It's a Chris Columbus film with Hugh Grant and Julianne
1: Moore and mm-hmm. Tom Arnold and... Yeah. Joan Cusack. And Joan Cusack. Who was in tonight's movie as well.
0: Yes, she was. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all. Y'all. There's a scene <laughs> with a dinosaur. <laughs> uh, and can we say... Can we... <laughs> all... I feel like we need to give like a minute. There's a. Can we play it?
1: I don't think we can play it. We can't? I don't know. I mean, it's up on. They have it up on YouTube. Um, You know what we might do? I'm going to see. I'm going to learn how to make a GIF. I'm going to make a GIF of Arnie the dinosaur. (laughs) And we are going to find some way to link a YouTube clip to this oh
0: y'all it's a gift that keeps on giving
1: if you are listening to this and we haven't put it up yet because you know we're busy (laughs) um just go to youtube and search nine months arnie the dinosaur and just watch the whole scene it's worth it
0: and please let us know please reach out via twitter or uh leave a comment in the reviews um it's glorious yeah and this is all that like we've just reenacted the scene with our faces (laughs) All the time now. Yeah, and it's let us. Um, what was the? Uh, what are the other movies we watched while we were down yeah, in I, the beach?
1: I was. I was wanting to uh, give a recap of just some things we've been watching. Yeah, uh, we watched my big fat Greek wedding.
0: Ah. Uh. Which I didn't know was the highest grossing independent film Mm -hmm. at its time. And it was produced by another link to tonight's movie. Tom Hanks. Which is amazing. Yeah. Because his wife is Greek Orthodox and he converted. Yes, he did. Which is super fun to know. I didn't know that until revisiting my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. Which stands up. It's It's
1: great. great. It stands up pretty well. It's great. I mean, nobody's the age that they're actually supposed to be, but you know, that's kind of a leftover from the '90s, '2000s. You know. Oh
0: my gosh. So if you've if you have been listening to us at all, you've probably heard that we've were addicted to the Birdcage.
1: Yeah, we've probably watched the Birdcage five times in the last two months.
0: Yeah, no shame in our game. Like, let's go upstairs and watch it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, seriously. Um, And they the kids in this movie are no yeah so no
1: i really my only complaints with the birdcage are the casting of the of the kids everything else is magic they're supposed to be like 18 and 20 and they're literally the, they like, gotta be 27 no 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 so there's the son and the daughter the son is supposed to be 20 the daughter's supposed to be 18 right uh, the daughter is played by Callista Flockhart, and the son—I can't remember who he is. He was nominated for an Oscar for writing that movie *Foxcatcher* with uh, Steve Carell. Yeah, um, he was 27, so you are right about that. Callista Flockhart was 30 years old. Yeah, playing can't... playing an 18-year-old, and there's there's one, and it's not like they're bad at what they do, but like there's one part where uh, where the the son is saying a line while he's lighting a cigarette, and he literally sounds like a private detective from the 40s. Uh, <laughs> And there's one moment with her where, like, you know, they put her in, like, they put her in, like, the the barrette and things like that, and they have her dressed almost as a schoolgirl, and she says the line, he was, like, so weird, and all I could think of was that moment in 30 Rock with Steve Buscemi trying to play a high schooler, <laughs> and he's just Steve Buscemi with, like, a backwards hat, and he's like, what's up, young people? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I love uh, it! What else we, have
1: we been watching? Uh, we
0: watched Ali Wong's new film, "Always uh, Be My Maybe." Yeah, that's uh, on
1: Netflix. Ali Wong and Randall Park uh, star, and they both wrote it, I believe. Yeah, yeah, um, it's brilliant. It's it's great. It like watching the previews, it looked to me like it was just going to be a standard rom com. I
0: said that, that's what I said too. Yeah,
1: to a degree, it was like it doesn't reinvent the wheel or anything, but it's just a really solid rom com.
0: It's a solid wheel, Mm -hmm. and they have a very distinct point of view, and it's a lens that we don't often see rom coms through, so it's really great. Um, Tang's keeps saying that we still need to see Crazy Rich Asians, it's on our queue. We'll make that happen.
1: At this point, we'll see it. I don't think we'll do an episode on it. No, though.
0: but we'll need to see it so Tang doesn't come after us. Yeah. Um, and um, And then last night, we watched Mrs. Doubtfire.
1: Mrs. Doubtfire, which is, it's a good movie. I mean, it's a really good movie. And um, it's, it's great watching it as an adult because there are layers to it you don't pick th- up on. There
0: one. are layers as an adult. Because as a a kid, you see it as a really funny movie. You see cross-dressing. Robin
1: Williams in a dress, ha ha. I mean, mean, Robin Williams in a dress is funny.
0: Well, Robin Williams in a dress being Robin Williams is funny, but Robin Williams dressing as a woman as his only ability to spend actual time with his children and fighting to have the life that he wants is brilliant, Mm -hmm. and... Someone was talking about cross-dressing in theater recently, um, in a women in theater group I'm a part of, and Mrs. Doubtfire came up. And one of the things that was talk- talking, about is that movie is not about cross-dressing. No. That movie is to what lengths someone would go to, to spend time with their children. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's another, like The Birdcage, uh, it's another Chris Columbus film, um, but like The Birdcage, it's based off of a French story.
1: All right, yeah. Um, and we should be clear, we know that The Birdcage is not a Chris Columbus film. It's like yes. Nichols. N- yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, give credit, credit do, for you yeah. For sure. Um, no, I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire is great. What's interesting about watching it as an adult is... As a kid, you watch it as Robin Williams being funny, trying to spend time with his kids. As an adult, you realize how much of it is actually him dealing with the fact that he just got divorced and trying to, like, I don't think he's trying to reconcile with his wife. I think he's just confused on what happened. And as he finds out what happens, and as he finds out that his wife is actually doing better without him or his ex wife at this point, like, you can see that land with him. And then the final monologue that he gives as Mrs. Doubtfire on the TV show at the end. Uh, as an adult, you learn to you appreciate that a little more because it really is a great summation of the movie, where it says sometimes they get back together and sometimes they don't, and that's okay.
0: Yeah, it's it's really good, and you can also and you see you see Sally Field's character really as a human being, mm-hmm. um, and you really see her perspective as an adult, but also that she wasn't vocal about her needs. Yeah, she didn't scream at Daniel. In the sense of other than just screaming at him, as opposed to, these are the things that you have to do. Yeah. And if not, this is the consequence. And Mm -hmm. there wasn't really good communication. Um, So I don't know. It's just it's been really fun to revisit these older movies. uh, Ali Wong's film, notwithstanding, because it's brand new. Yeah. Um, But it's been lovely. So we've had little baby, little tiny baby date nights. Yeah. Is there uh, anything lately. else
1: that you have watched recently that you want to talk about?
0: The season of MasterChef is very good.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I probably watched both seasons of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel about four times now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'm in. We're in the process of watching it a fifth. Uh, I have been rewatching the Halloween movies because I love them. Yes. Uh, also, another movie that I've probably revisited as much by myself as much as we have revisited the Birdcage is Steve Jobs. Um, the Danny Boyle film that stars uh, Michael Fassbender's Steve Jobs, and it's just such a great movie, you know. And you know that it's all heightened reality; these things didn't actually happen the way that they happen in there. But it, everything, the pacing of it is perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the performances are great. Kate Winslet is so good in that Kate movie. Kate Winslet
0: to me is the uh, best thing about that movie.
1: Uh, well, I think you're massively discrediting Michael Stuhlbarg. Who play oh. Who plays uh, Andy uh, Hertzfeld? That's true. He, uh, I l- was listening to Danny Boyle on Mark Maron, and this is an older one, but he, the way that he described it is his his performance is all heart.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um,
1: and Michael Stuhlbarg, he's been popping up in things a lot lately. He was in The Shape of Water. He was in Fargo season three. He uh, He's been in a lot of stuff we've actually seen recently, and he's just fantastic. He is I, fantastic. I will watch him in anything. Um. One last little thing I want to touch on uh-huh. while we're doing our catch-up, and then we will all get into Toy Story 4. Um, we missed a lot of movies this summer.
0: Oh, lordy, did we.
1: Which ones w- do you really wish that we would have caught? Booksmart. Booksmart is a big one I want to
0: see Booksmart so yeah badly and you know what
1: i really want to see good boys but there's a part of me that feels guilty about it will be able to make time for good boys and not book smart because i don't want to be part of women not getting to make the movies they want to make
0: i we need to see book smart really badly
1: yeah but i do i do still want to see good boys yeah um what else did we miss
0: that's the, really the one that like kicks me in the teeth and mm-hmm. um, that i really wanted to see um
1: I wanted to see *Brightburn*, and we missed that.
0: Yes, I heard that was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I'm blanking. Um, what other? Because *Booksmart* was the one that I really wanted to uh, see. The like the whole story,
1: I really connected with. Um, it just, it, and it was a purely just a reason of we weren't in the same place at the same time.
0: I I I today was the first time I've set foot in a movie theater in three months. Yeah. So, I'm, I, you know, I'm, yeah.
1: Um, we missed Aladdin. I don't think we're too broken up about that. No. We missed Man. I'm not really too broken up about that. I've heard it was I, good, though. I did hear it was I, good. I heard I, it's super stylized, like it's not a biopic. And I, so I think we would like it. Yeah, I heard it's more like magical realism. Yeah. Um, so I do actually want to see that one. Yeah. Um, what else did we miss? Um, we're probably going to end up missing The Lion King, which I'm, so I, I was, was on
0: set this week and someone, um. <laughs> it was amazing. Like someone walked into crafty and nah, came on and we all just like looked at each other and started laughing. And one, one guy goes, "Ugh,"
1: and I went, what? I said, did you see it? And he goes, yeah. And what you guys couldn't see is that Jessica just rolled her eyes whenever she said, yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh no. <laughs> um, I, I think we'll still end up seeing that at some point because honestly, John Favreau's jungle book was really good. So, and he has, honestly, he has a better batting average than Guy Ritchie does at this point. That's
0: totally fair. I will say that this young man was an African American mm-hmm. and he was like, a black guy should have done it. I can see that. So I'm really curious. I am a huge John Favreau fan. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done some of his movies on this podcast and, mm-hmm. um, and when you go all the way back to iron man, you know, you listen to our talks about that. I feel like we sing his praises all the time, but there's true validity to that. And one thing that I'm kind of been harping on in the Disney remakes, because these are, these are not even, I really wish that these Disney remakes had had a little bit of a reimagination in there Mm -hmm. to make them more, more culturally appropriate. Um, for the ones that have an a, a cultural appropriation mm-hmm. I'm a little peeved and bummed out that we have the originals to go back to anytime especially the Disney Disney Plus coming out mm-hmm. I am very disappointed like the fact Aladdin from everything I've seen read heard I've talked to a lot of people who've seen it y'all there was not enough bollywood mm-hmm. there was not enough that really helped us. These are American movies, but why not give them a cultural appropriate a culturally
1: appropriate lens? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really frustrating. Well, let's move on past the soapbox portion of this conversation. Touche. Um i I, no, I say that to say that I agree with you.
0: Yeah. Well we do need to move on to Toy Story Four. Yeah.
1: Uh, yes. I, yes. I, I was I, there were just a couple other things that I was gonna oh, say. Oh, okay, go for it. Um we probably, I can see us not making it to Spider-Man, which I actually do really want to see Spider-Man I've Far From great. Home. Yeah. Uh, what else is coming out? Um, we're going to try and do Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Uh, I. Which, buckle up, because I have, I have a love-hate relationship with Mr. Tarantino. Yes. I, I see through Tarantino's tricks at this point, and I'm hoping that it'll still entertain yeah. me. Um, yeah, I can't remember what all else is coming out, but we are gonna try and start making these a little as consistent as we can again. Yeah, because um, it has been a year since we started this. Happy
0: anniversary! Happy
1: anniversary!
0: Uh, oh, Annihilation. What
1: started the idea and took us six months later to do. Yeah, well, we got stuff to do. I would have loved to have done Hereditary oh, as an episode. Would have lost our oh, mind. We did we almost went and saw Midsummer today, but yeah. we needed some we it's been a really long and rough week and we needed some toy Story 4. Yeah, for. I couldn't handle it. Um yeah, I think that's everything that I wanted to say about that. What were you going to say before we started going to Toy Story Four?
0: Well, um, we've been getting a little bit of feedback. So um, one thing that I'm really just so so our listeners know that for both both Jordan and I are have been doing this. Um, respectively each uh, for 10 years mm-hmm. in our professions and we've we've had the great privilege especially because we work in so much independent film to wear a lot of hats. So one thing that we're really going to make sure to do is bring our lens into some specifics in movies. So unfortunately we're not going to really be able to like I can't do a stunt breakdown of one of the stunts of how maybe they would have done it in Toy Story 4. Right. Um, but Jordan especially too if there's like a piece of music that like sticks out to you to really kind of give our viewers our listeners a little bit of more of a breakdown especially those who might be interested in in what we do Mm -hmm. to really kind of share some insider secrets um with y'all and something else i want to try to do is on this day in film and television what
1: happened on this day in film and
0: television so um as of this recording which is july 27th in 1940 bugs bunny warner brothers cartoon character created by tex avery bob Givens. Uh, first debuts in Wild Hair. Um, let's see. 1993, NBC TV awarded 1996 Olympic coverage for $456 million. Wow. Um, 1995 was the 28th San Diego Comic Con International at the San Diego Convention Center. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anybody ha- went to SDCC, I hope you had a great time. Um, let's see, two thousand seven. This is crazy. Two news helicopters from Phoenix, Arizona television stations KNXV and KTVK collide over Steel Indian School Park in central Phoenix while covering a police chase. There were no survivors. Worst civil aviation incident in Phoenix history. Wow. What we will do for a good show. Right. Um, and while I'm thinking about that, um, Fast and Furious had a very, very serious, serious accident. And um, another television show had a serious accident. So um, there are two extremely serious, serious injuries that have occurred. One in Canada to a special effects um, professional. And one in London on Fast 9 for a stunt double. Um, And just, you know, it's kind of a reality check that we... We work in a make-believe place, um, and what I think that if you don't work in film and television, you don't understand the crazy risk that there is in these long days and risky things. Like a special effects person got hurt, mm-hmm. and that's just how that's just how wild it is on set, and it's very difficult and. What we do is inherently dangerous, but it's also can be mentally draining and dangerous. So, you know, it's just sometimes good to to mention it. And And these are people trying to catch, you know, get a a police chase and they died. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that just goes back to our point stay for the credits.
0: Stay for the credits.
1: Um, One other thing I'll mention. Yeah. UHF turned 30 this year.
0: Love it. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Weird Al, for everything you do.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think it's. I can't remember if it's, no, it's the A.V. Club. They have a really great 30-year uh, introspective with Weird Al, Jay Levy, uh, Michael Richards, a lot of people who are involved in it. Uh, and they even talk about how, like, Cooney, the karate instructor, uh-huh. they're like, yeah, we probably wouldn't have written that character now. Which, and they're like, which is sad, because we didn't write him as a stereotype. We wrote him because uh, because Getty is just really funny, and we wrote it for him. But we stand by the character now. We wouldn't have written it today. Fair yeah,
0: Fair enough. Um, and then the last thing on this day in history, to 2018, CBS chairman Leslie Moonves is mm-hmm. accused of sexual misconduct in The New Yorker by Ronan Farrell. Bye, Leslie. Bye. Yeah. See you later.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So anyway, that's something I want to start adding. And let's talk, finally...
1: Wow, we are 26 minutes into this episode. Killing it. Well, we, we've been away for a while.
0: And we missed you all. And... Mm-hmm. It's f- I haven't sat in the studio in a while.
1: I know. I miss talking to you in the studio. I
0: know it's fun. And yeah. we've got the bear here we, still.
1: We do. We I have a new rug in the studio and they love the rug. That's
0: true. It's a really big soft rug.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Toy story 4. Let's get into it a little bit before our break and then let's and then we'll really dive in.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll probably do most of the reviews spoilers and non-spoilers after the break. Yeah. Um so what are we going to rate it in? Uh should we rate it in sports? hilarious i was gonna say voice boxes i think sports i like sports all right how many sporks would you give it you know what i'll give it four sporks nice why four because it delivered what i wanted it to um it didn't again like most pixar movies you can kind of telegraph the twists as they come uh yes but i i thought it really had something to say i thought it said it well was nice to see the gang back together. I wish there would have been more of like the old guard. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, overall, it's a Toy Story movie. The worst Toy Story movie is still better than a, so many other animated movies that you're going to find out of there. I would rather watch, I mean, I don't know if there's a worst Toy Story movie, but I would watch any Toy Story movie on repeat before I would ever turn on a Cars movie.
0: I can, yeah, I can see that.
1: Yeah. Um, What about you?
0: I would also give it four sporks. Um, I agree. I I loved seeing the old gang. Uh, My mom and dad have a a dog named Jack, and he looks like the slinky dog. Mm -hmm. So I love the slinky dog really hard. (laughs) Um, But I really, I thought this was heartfelt. Y'all, it was uh, so. Jor- it was me and Jordan sitting, and we were next to um, another uh, gentleman, and he was with his older son. But the three adults, the mm-hmm. three of us, were losing our minds. Yeah, cry laughing. I, I, I laughed. I cried. I, I felt. I learned a little something. I, I just felt like this was a really good movie. Um, I. I'm acutely curious of what this would have been if Rashida Jones had felt safe enough to stay on the project. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there
1: are parts in the movie that I think I can credit to her and her writing partner. Um, of course, I, you never know that. Right. Uh, slight spoiler, I, I would like to think that the fact that there's not an actual real villain in this movie might be credited to them, if you, if you know what I mean by that. Before we get into spoilers?
0: Yes, there's not a real villain. No. Um, and I kind of adore that.
1: Yeah, that's actually one of the twists in the movie is that there's not a villain villain. Like, you know, Toy Story 3 had Lotso. Uh, Toy Story 1 had Sid. I can't remember who the bad guy was in Toy Story 2. Um, but I don't either. But it, it is not, it is still inherently
0: Toy Story. It is a delight for... All ages. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in a theater full of kids. Um, fun, so we were leaving the theater, and we were right in front of this family. And this, uh, she must have been around like twelve or thirteen, mm-hmm. and she was talking about like she was reviewing this movie, and we were listening very intently. Yeah, I couldn't
1: really hear what she was saying.
0: Could you? Oh, I could hear just a couple of things. Um, and one thing I will say is, that, um, her dad said. Wow, the animation has just gotten so good since the first one. And what I will say is, I don't, I, especially after talking with Dan about Spider Verse and just kind of really, really thinking about animation, is I'm really not interested necessarily in how good the animation is. Mm-hmm. What I will say was remarkable was Bo Peep looked porcelain.
1: Yeah, no, there were so so
0: that was cool. There
1: were textures in this movie that I thought were real. Like at the very end with the bunny and the chick in their little fantasy. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stop. And then in the beginning where Woody is where Woody is playing quote unquote dead in the rain. Yeah. That looked like they had filmed a Woody doll in the rain. Yeah,
0: I agree. But but my my point being though. There are these moments in this that was like really remarkable animation-wise, but I was not really ever thinking about the animation. Um, it to me it was in this way that Spider Verse that you I got so ingrained in the movie, and once I got used to the style that they chose, mm-hmm. I was really on board. Yeah, and I will say for Toy Story that it's a it's an animation style. Like Dan was saying, it's been Pixar style for so long. So there was nothing really to get used to, but there were moments of, wow. But well, I'm, I am I think the story superseded the animation and they could have been stick figures
1: and it was still really good. No, absolutely. Um, what I did like about the animation and how animation progressed, because really it was, like if you go back to the original Toy Story, the human characters were terrifying. Um, were they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like almost Sonic the Hedgehog, Cats level terrifying. Cats. Yeah. Y'all. Um, the Cats trailer, man. Y'all.
0: Which somebody on Twitter just put kitty cat noses on them. Really fixed a lot. Yeah. Took a
1: lot of the terror out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping that they'll actually go back and do something like that.
0: Y'all. I mean, it's not like ca-
1: I really want to see that movie anyway. We're gonna see it. I know. Um, because no. we have... I
0: don't know. It's gonna be so
1: bad. But that's why in... The early Pixar movies, if they ever had people, they always had really close-cropped hair. And it was The Incredibles. That was the first time they were ever able to animate individual strands of hair. Gotcha. Um, So what I like about this, though, is that as the animation gets better and they're able to add more depth of field, and and they've definitely made the human characters look a little better, Mm -hmm. but all they did was slight refinements to the toys, Yeah, and it's so it's not like it's not like you can't go back to the first Toy Story and stay in the moment because it looks so fake. True, you know, they they were like, we have these models, they work. They're supposed to be plastic. Let's just make them. Let's just make sure that we have the shine in the right places.
0: Yeah, well, it just made them more specific, which was neat. Yeah, that that was neat. But it was such a good experience. Uh, We were. we were in such a lovely theater where we, we tried out a new theater tonight uh-huh. loved it had such a good time so i'm looking forward to going back yeah um and it had a bunch of kids um and it didn't have them as these kids weren't rowdy in the sense that again three grown do- adults losing their minds yeah and i didn't i didn't over they didn't They weren't louder than us. And um, I thought that was really interesting, and I wondered why. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you, uh, I I go back and listen to, was it Shazam? Yeah. Listen to our episode of Shazam and our wonderful um, critique of Shazam. (laughs) And also the wonderful child that was sitting next to us. (laughs) I mean, telling Shazam what was up. Yeah. He was spectacular. You're a
1: joke, Dr. Savannah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. So there wasn't a whole lot of that going on. We did have some older, I uh, we had like teenagers for sure. So they're not going to lose their minds.
1: No. But, they're way
0: too cool. But but
1: I think that's really telling on this movie series as well. Like, you know, we're, we're the age. I was, I think, what, eight when Toy Story came out? Maybe, Uh, so a lot of, you know, and we are, we're old enough to have, we don't have kids, but we are old enough to have kids that we could possibly take to these movies now. Yes. So that means that people our age who were eight years old when this movie came out are, they are now taking their kids to see this movie. Yeah. So it's a really wide generational sweep that these movies have. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we're just going to see a kid's movie. We're not going to see frozen two, which we're not going to go see frozen (laughs) two. Um, where, like, it's like, okay, we have to take the kids to this. This is a movie that, because the series has been around for so long, it kind of has an equal net that's gonna catch everything. And that, that's what I like about it.
0: Yeah. No, I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I had a
1: really good time. Um, yeah. It's really telling. Normally, you know, we've said this till we're blue in the face. We don't talk about these movies in the car on the way home. We wait to talk about them till we get here. It is really telling that this time, normally what we ask is, oh, what's your tone going to be? What's the tone of the podcast going to be? This time we didn't do that. I think we were both just like, yeah, we liked it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there was no question.
1: Yeah. There was
0: no question. Um, yeah, well... So- should we take a little quick break? Let's, and take,
1: let's take a break. And then like, just to give you one more warning, we're going to kind of pepper in spoilers and non-spoilers from here on out because it took us so long to get to the actual uh, review. Yes.
0: But we're so glad to be back with y'all. Hang tight and... Uh, Have you ever looked at all those Insta celebrities and been like, where do you get your raw jewelry because it's gorgeous? Or where did you get that female empowerment shirt? Because I need one. But then you think to yourself, I don't want to go shopping because it's too selfish. What if I could tell you, you could get awesome apparel, awesome jewelry, and it gives back. You need to check out Rocks Jewelry Shop. That's right. Rocks. R-O-X. Rocks Jewelry Shop has a Amazing jewelry, and I just got a shirt that says, Those females are strong as hell. Thank you, Kimmy Schmidt. You can check out Rox Jewelry Shop online, and with code DATE NIGHT, you'll get 15% off. So head on over to Rocks, R O X code DATE NIGHT for 15% off.
1: And we are back talking Toy Story spoilers and non spoilers. Nobody can say that I haven't given you plenty of warning.
0: <laughs> yes, so we're, we are officially um, in, the sto- in the spoiler category. Um, if, this is, um, if you are new to our podcast, usually the beginning is designed for you to listen to on the way to the movie theater um, or cooking dinner before you watch it on Netflix or streaming. And then the second half is so you can uh, dive into your feelings about the movie with us.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're doing it a little different this time because we haven't recorded an episode together in such a while. So, like Stella, our groove is getting back.
0: Yes.
1: Um. Yeah. So I guess there's not really any stunts to talk about.
0: No. So, uh, Well, there are. <laughs> um, there aren't stunts
1: c- pertaining was to real Canadian people.
0: the Canadian Evil Knievel's name? Uh uh,
1: uh. 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 God, I just had this. Uh. It wasn't. Car- Oral. It was something Kaboom. Duke Kaboom. Duke Kaboom. Yeah. I'm all about Duke Kaboom. Yeah, voiced by Keanu Reeves. Yeah, which was
0: perfect.
1: Yeah. So there's an interesting little bit of imdb being I found about that, and I just want to read this one straight to you. This time, I actually was just screenshotting the IMDb stuff. So, you know, they originally wrote Duke Kaboom as a gag character, and they were wanting to get, like, a Canadian actor, and they went to talk to Keanu Reeves. Uh-huh. Um, he's not canadian yep he
0: he's how is he hawaiian and canadian all at the same time
1: because one of his parents is canadian and he was born in hawaii don't you talk to me he was he was raised in canada i thought he was raised in hawaii i think he was raised in both he's allowed to be (laughs) he's allowed to be both he is genuinely both i don't know keanu reeves if anybody else wants to talk to me about this, then great. Otherwise, yes, he's Canadian. He is Hawaiian. He is Asian American. He is Keanu Reeves. Um, anyway. Anywho. So I got so I got really con- really confused on the screenshot because apparently I I took the screenshot right as Twitter gave me a notification and <laughs> I kept trying to swipe up to get it out of the way. <laughs> um so uh, one of the things Duke Kaboom is—he uh, was given up by his kid because he couldn't—he um, couldn't do the stunts the way the commercial showed. Yeah. And the kid's name was Rajan because Duke Kaboom mm-hmm. is Canada's version of Evil Knievel. Yeah. And so apparently they brought in Keanu and uh, they were like, "Yeah, we'll just have him in on some uh, on some one-liners." Uh, but then as they as Keanu Reeves came up to the meeting uh, riding his motorcycle love it yeah he was asking questions like is duke mad at rajan uh is he mad at the tv commercial uh that popularized him and they said we were workshopping this character over lunch and reeves started to become duke right in front of us doing the karate chops and getting on the table in the atrium people walked by in disbelief is that keanu love (laughs) he became the character really emoting and getting into it no different from any other role he was a delight to work with by the time the collaboration was complete, Duke Kaboom was a fleshed-out, scene-stealing character. Another highlight, too, in Reeves' banner year. Uh, apparently, it was his idea to have Duke constantly posing as well.
0: I am in love, <laughs> love it. I loved that character arc. Um, it was great. <laughs> the and the and the fact too that he they keep saying that he's he crashes. Yeah, he doesn't need to make it. He's. <laughs> He's cra- he's Canada's best crasher. Canada's best crasher. Um, I just feel like I, these and these characters all are. It's kind of like you know in Winnie the Pooh, every, they're all said to be pictures of various forms of mental um, disorders mm-hmm. or mental health issues or just mental health in general. And they always say, and to me, these, all of these characters, they inhabit something that's inherently human and Duke Kaboom is that failure doesn't always mean that yeah. you've, that you've lost. Yeah. Failure often means you've learned and you're better. Mm-hmm. And I, I am in love with that character.
1: Uh, I, I loved it. I thought it, I thought it was great that they put him in there. Uh, I thought Keanu played him perfectly. And, yeah, I just, I'm so happy that they had that character. Yeah, I agree. Um, talk about music. Yeah. So, uh, Randy Newman was back, because he's mm-hmm. done the other three. And the Oscar goes, too. Yeah. He always wins. No, actually, Randy Newman's only won once. For, you got a friend in me? I, no, th- this was, we were in L.A. whenever he won. Um, I can't remember what he. I think he won for Toy Story Three. I think so. Uh, he won for Best Original Song. No, yes. he, he's been not. He was nominated like twenty times before then, uh, because Randy Newman is a super prolific guy. But well, yeah. Li- yeah, but like his cousin Thomas, who's my favorite composer, he tends to always be nominated but never get the win.
0: Always a bridesmaid.
1: Yeah, but that's okay because I would take Randy Newman's career. I'm. I'd be cool with that. No, right. Uh huh. Mm. So, this one had a couple of really cool songs in it. Uh, This had the uh, Lonesome Cowboy song, which Chris Stapleton performed. And it was great. Yeah. Uh, And it it sounded like a Randy Newman song, uh, and it fit the tone of the movie. There was the other one that was like, I won't let you throw yourself away, that it made perfect sense where the movie was and that's one of Randy Newman's strengths especially in these movies is that he writes the songs and then they put the songs in the movie like almost like a montage and it just fits it perfectly so he's scoring the scene with the song Uh, and so it makes sense in the movie because that's whenever like you know Woody's trying to convince Forky that he's a toy and not trash (laughs) but apparently Randy Newman wrote it for like an anti-suicide PSA oh wow yeah um so the songs are great and of course they play you've got a friend in me this one didn't have quite as many songs as i think the other ones might have Mm uh but the score itself was great it's very jazzy it's very like new orleans big bandy because that's what randy newman does yeah um it you know it's just a really solid score i like randy newman a lot uh yeah, and, and his songs are just so fun to listen to.
0: Well, and there's something too—the moment that he sings, it's so when he sings them, it's so iconic, and it it really harkens back to because it's Disney Pixar. Um, it feels, it gives them this air of classic Disney mm-hmm. that by him doing that, cause he's not, he doesn't always do that in no. other films.
1: No, like, uh, like one of my favorite scores, one of my favorite scores of his is the natural, uh, the Robert Redford baseball movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's purely just a, it's a score. It's not a soundtrack, like song soundtrack. Yeah um but i mean that's the thing he's just so good at doing both he's
0: so good but again it's kind of like listening to richard sherman you know these richard these sherman brothers songs Mm -hmm. and there's just something about that and it just makes him feel really classic and there's like this little it's very personal yeah which i really really like and the song at the end with chris stapleton was really good
1: yeah Um, Yeah, I mean, it definitely fit Chris Stapleton perfect, but it had a progression that was definitively Randy Newman. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Which I I would have never thought put Chris Stapleton and Randy Newman together.
0: I, You know, it doesn't surprise me at all.
1: It doesn't surprise me hearing it, but I never would have thought of it.
0: Well, Chris Stapleton, so back in Nashville, he worked with my uncle a lot, Mm -hmm. and he was, I mean... Chris Stapleton's a quite a prolific songwriter, right? So I think as far as like collaboration goes and sound, I mean that's who you want. Mm-hmm. But I just think that's phenomenal. I think it's fabulous and phenomenal, and I loved it. Um, I can't really. I, there was no. The score didn't hit me like a ton of bricks, right?
1: Well, and that is the thing to me about a Randy Newman score is, except for the theme to the Natural, which I can pick out immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it serves the movie so well that it doesn't really stick out to me as much, but I wouldn't have wanted to hear anything else with it. Like, you know, one of the things about it is that it wasn't a huge, like, it didn't sound like a huge Hollywood section. For the most part, it sounded like a Dixieland band that was being uh, augmented by a pretty decently sized horn section and not a huge string section. Like, there there was a lot of definition in the strings, which you don't usually get whenever, whenever you have, like, a 60-piece string section. Uh, the word that you know us composers like to use is silky. It sounds very silky. But you at, take away all those players, uh, just, you take it from a, a 60 person section to a 20 person section, you can hear the sound of the bow scraping the strings. Yeah. Uh, and it, it sounded very close and detailed to me. Uh, almost like uh, it was a chamber sized, and all chamber means is that it's not quite a symphony level, so it's like you can fit the players in a smaller room. Right. Um, And I like that about it. There were parts where I wished that you could hear like a big silky orchestra and I would have loved to heard some of these, uh, some of these things performed by a huge orchestra. Yeah. But I mean, I liked it the way that it was. It helped it feel very intimate. And Randy Newman as a musician, songwriter, and composer is a very intimate musical person. Yeah. So uh it sounded like him to me. So I have no complaints about it. Even the parts where I was like, oh, I wish I would have heard that with more strings, you know? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um I can we talk about Key and Peel? Yes. They oh, were some of my favorite characters. They
0: came out of Left Field. So one thing that I love about a Toy Story movie is it's heartfelt. Mm-hmm. And genuine and even the fighting oh my gosh like Woody trying to get Forky back Mm -hmm. oh we'll have to talk about that too but Key and Peele through this these characters were a left turn from a normal there's always something kind of wacky if I think about like the little aliens in the the grab game yeah the claw the claw the claw Mm -hmm. um you know there's always something a little bit wacky but
1: these two characters so as i was imd being uh-huh. one thing i saw in there is that they you know this movie has been made over the course of like five years right uh well and, animation yeah well and the script had been changed so many times you know not only with rashida jones uh and her partner i can't remember his name mm-hmm. will something um But they left, and then they had to keep retooling the script and retooling the script, and then John Lasseter got ousted for being a not-good-human-being. Right. Uh, Which, this is actually the last time we're gonna see his name on a Pixar movie. Excellent. Yeah. Um, Which is great, because the first episode we ever did was us saying how weird it was to see John Lasseter's name at the end of the movie. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so they they keep bringing the actors in and doing things, like apparently the... uh, the actress who played a uh, little Polly Pocket character.
0: Oh, yeah, Diamond.
1: Yeah. Um, she saw her get swallowed by the cat and didn't know what was going to happen because they're just recording their lines in chunks as they're written. Yeah. Uh, and so she was like, with the other audi- with the rest of the audience, like, you know, did they kill her? Did they <laughs> kill her? You know, obviously they didn't. But she, she was like, yeah, because the way that you record these lines, yeah. I have no idea what's happening. Um, but they made sure to work around Key and Peele's schedules to get them in there to record Ugh, together.
0: Mercy. These, so they play these two characters that are sewn together by their hands.
1: Yeah, they're, they're like a prize at a carnival, yeah. like stuffed animals.
0: And they, th- this is kind of like a heist movie. Yeah. And so they're trying to get Forky back, and these two characters, as these, you know, as the characters are trying to formulate plans, the, the It was a bunny and a bird. A bunny and a
1: chick.
0: A, a bunny and a chick. Bunny and a chick. They're like, okay, we've got these plans. And they're just
1: ridiculous all, and harmful. At the end of the day, all it is is them jumping out and scaring humans and attacking them. <laughs> And they keep being like, "All right, well, what about this one?" And it's just the same thing again. And then they're like, "Okay, well, what about the third one?" And it's this long drawn out thing of like following the old woman home, letting her take a bath with a glass of wine, and then eventually like eventually <laughs> cornering her and scaring her for the key.
0: Well, they still jump at her. It's always <laughs> yeah. <dumb. laughs>
1: and
0: it's oh mercy! Oh, it's so good, and they're just so good, and it just feels. it's 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 right it's just right i'm glad
1: that they uh that they agreed to do like a key and peel partnership on this because obviously jordan peele now is oscar winner jordan peele correct uh and one of i mean not only one of the best horror filmmakers out there but honestly one of the best filmmakers out there right now agreed Uh, if we're talking if we're talking uh success ratio he is straight up batting a thousand yeah totally um go listen to our episode on us if you don't know what we're talking about but, uh, so it would have been really easy for them to be like, no, we've moved on to other things. And, you know, Keegan-Michael Key is doing a lot of great stuff too. Uh, you know, his show on Netflix, unfortunately just got canceled. a nah, bummer. Um, but I mean, he is, they are working consistently. They are definitely past just being the funny guys on Comedy Central filling in for Dave Chappelle, you know? Right. Uh, but I was glad that they agreed to do their to do a Key and Peel partnership on this. Yeah. Which I just got to point out, too. When Jordan Peele won his Oscar for uh, Get Out, uh, there's a picture of Keegan-Michael Key uh, at the, I think it's at the Governor's Ball, uh-huh. watching it. And then the, they sho- they took a picture of him the moment Jordan Peele won an Oscar. And he's the most excited guy in the room. I love it. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you can't deny A a, a true connection with someone that you worked so intimately, intimately with so long, Mm -hmm. but their banter is so brilliant and the timing is so right. Yeah, and it was, it was just a delight to hear them again. But what's so, so what I love too is good writing. No one is there for just the main character. They're there to push the story forward in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. And this script was written so well, this story was so good, that you get these two characters in there that you're, like, it could have just been a trope. It could have just been them being funny. But no. Yeah. Like, they need, so, again, so we're in spoiler territory, if you've not gathered that already. Um, But they have all these crazy ideas and one of their crazy ideas hopes There's a little, um, there's a little kid who's lost at the carnival, mm-hmm. and Gabby Gabby sees her opportunity. Yeah, and it's it is the bunny and the chick who make it all happen. It is,
1: yeah. They it, they could have just been throwaway characters, but it's exactly how they developed uh, Duke Kaboom. That was just supposed to be a character who was just a one-liner joke character. And they ended up fleshing them out. And that's one of the great things about Pixar. You know, again, I don't know all the things that happened with Rashida Jones. Uh, I totally understand why she would have left because apparently it wasn't a place for a long time where women and people of color could flourish. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, apparently, the movie that they did, Brave, really suffered because they took it out of the hands of the original director. Got it. Um, but they do understand, there is a lot that they do right. And they do understand story, and they do understand character developments and character arcs. Um, And honestly, one of my favorite character arcs in the movie was Gabby Gabby. Great. Yeah, so, and they one interesting thing that they did that I noticed, uh, because, you know, her her character develops at a really good pace. Yeah. um, But you find, like, you see her, and you're immediately like, oh, she's probably the villain. Oh, hands Um, down. But then as she goes on, and she's just talking to Forky she's actually like there's no like ominous music that plays behind what she's saying or anything like that she is genuinely just a toy who never got to serve her purpose and that's a big theme in this movie is um is having a purpose to serve you know Forky's purpose is that he feels like he's trash he feels comfortable around trash he wants to be in the trash can warm yeah and cozy um Woody's whole arc is that he no longer has a purpose because he's not a favorite toy and he doesn't know what to do with that. So his purpose is to make sure that is to make sure that Bonnie has Forky. Right. And Gabby Gabby, all she wants is a purpose. And as the movie goes on, she becomes very sympathetic. And that's what we that's what I meant earlier about there's not a real villain in this movie. And it's almost the twist that there's not a real villain.
0: I don't know. Those ventriloquist dummies.
1: Against Jordan's Against Jordan's every trying and fiber of his being, I ended up taking Jessica to a creepy doll movie. Y'all. I did. I did Child's Play by myself to avoid this,
0: y'all. So I was in, when I was in LA. Um, a really dear friend of mine uh, was performing for the Women of Vaudeville, mm-hmm. so I went and I was at the um, Marionette Theater in uh, East LA, and I got so excited. It was the Bob Baker Marionette Theater. It's historic. I'm an idiot, y'all. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I th- was like Bob Baker Marionette, how cool. Friendly reminder that a marionette is a puppet. You y'all. I don't I've been I'm a puppeteer, but I don't do ventriloquism. And I do I don't like things that move their mouth and that it's a song that is their face or uh, mm
1: it marionette And that type of puppetry, we'll say doll-style puppetry. Don't like it. It is an art form that exists in the uncanny valley.
0: It is, I am not, uh, they they are valid artists, Mm. but they make me really, really uncomfortable. So the moment those ventriloquist dummies popped out in this movie, I was like, oh no!
1: Well, apparently the Pixar animators were like, "These are the scariest things we ever did," and then they leaned into that.
0: Oh, they really leaned into it. I mean, the I was... moment
1: where the woman picks up the uh, baby carriage. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, and what's so fun about those moments is everyone in our theater was like, "Ah!" <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it it was it was great. The, the ventriloquist dolls paid off like crazy. Scary
0: business. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they don't make noise.
1: Yeah. The, no, but I, I think they might have like... The, the one who got bitten by the sheep, I think, made a noise. No,
0: it was just body.
1: Was it? It was just body noise. No, they do not make noise. Oh, well, there we go.
0: They don't make noise. It it's kept so rem- scary. It kept
1: reminding me of the Goosebumps ventriloquist doll.
0: Mm-mm, I don't handle that well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Which my mom... You heard the story. So we were at a baby shower this last weekend. Not baby shower. Baby birthday. We,
1: we had so many... We had a baby shower, we had a baby birthday, and then we had a wedding reception. Been busy. Yeah.
0: So, um, but my mom was telling a story, so they bought me, before Teddy Ruptkin, they bought me a Mickey that you put a tape in and read the story, and my mom was reliving uh, that I was not okay with that, (laughs) and I was like, and to this day, why I'm nervous at theme parks. (laughs) Yeah. So... I have a valid uh, reasoning of why it terrifies me. Yes, you do. Um, but it was so great. The trope worked so well, and they, like you said, Gabby's arc was so beautiful. And although I really don't know how to feel that they actually took Woody's voice box out and sewed him back up, like they stole his kidney.
1: Yeah, that was a little. That was a little weird. It was weird. Um,
0: but I don't know yeah. what else they would have done.
1: No, I mean, but and they definitely set it up from the outset that it's not like that would kill him, you know? And I think that's one thing that really helped make it to where you could super sympathize with her at the end, and Woody could forgive her and sympathize with her at the end because they set it up to where, in, in a lesser movie, this would have been a bad thing. They set it up to where there's not, like, a danger. Right. Um, but they handled it so well... And I don't know, I don't know. I mean, it's not like this was a huge theme, but it had such a great level of forgiveness in this movie.
0: Well, I will say that maybe that it is a theme because it's almost like self forgiveness mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to move on. Yeah. And I think that was kind of the general theme that it's okay to move on. It's uh, okay to change.
1: The the moment where Buzz says she'll be okay. And then he's like, no, Bonnie will be okay. And he kind of gives Woody permission to go live with Bo Peep and be be like a rogue toy doing good <laughs> wherever he goes.
0: Right, being the Peter Pan of toys.
1: Yeah. Apparently- a Robin
0: Hood. Why do I always mix beca- them up?
1: Because of the Disney versions. They both have the green hats. Touche. Um, apparently, so Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, they recorded some, I think they recorded some of their lines together, but mostly they were apart. But apparently at the very end- They didn't say specifically which line. I think it's where they say to infinity and beyond, like they finish each other's sentence. Uh, They recorded that, and apparently they both had to turn away from the crew, and they just lost it because they turned the page and realized that was the last line that they were going to record. And they, you know, months apart, they both had the same reaction at the same place. Wow. Yeah. The way Tim Allen put it, he was like, this was a moment in history.
0: I mean, I think... These movies, I mean, we've, like you said, we've literally grown up with these movies. And to be a, to be an adult now, I have my very first toy I ever mm-hmm. was given. I still have him. We're still best friends. And they do really take care of you. Like Gabby Gabby. Oh, here we go. <laughs> like being there and that scared child. Oh, the moment
1: with Gabby and the scared child. Oh i can't talk about
0: it <laughs> so well, but like our even as a full grown fully grown woman i've had moments where i pull that toy out
1: mm-hmm. y'all have seen Doe. we've shared we shared, have a we shared picture Doe? Of Doe. yeah i think for christopher robin oh mercy um no the moment with gabby and the little girl uh and how gabby whenever she was finally convinced woody to give her his voice box um which i never knew that voice boxes were just tiny voice boxes were just tiny records i learned something new every single day yeah um where she talks about how like you know it's a toy's purpose to to comfort a kid and to be there for a kid and she's like couldn't you just let me have a chance to experience that even once one memory yeah and whenever she finally gets it with the lost little girl, after thinking she was never going to get that... Oh, after
0: and after she's discarded? Yeah. And how many times in these movies have we witnessed a toy being discarded?
1: Yeah. Oof. Um, yeah, it was... It, it was a really powerful moment. And then the connection that she made with Woody and the other toys as the little girl was taking her away. Hugging her. And... It, and that was such a great moment, even with the little girl and her parents. She was like, I was lost, and then I found this doll, and her mom's like, really? That's great. But that's how our toys are. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, that it, that was a great moment. I don't know if I lost it as much as I did in the incinerator uh, in Toy Story 3. Oh, y'all. If you don't lose it there, you might just have no I
0: heart. I couldn't keep my pieces together. Where
1: Where they all hold hands and look at each other. I, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I don't know. This one really got me. It's not
1: comparative in the sense that this is not
0: someone we in in that in, in Toy Story three. It's the characters that were like those are my buddies. Yeah, <laughs> not my buddies. Um, and I guess that's a good point. You mentioned that I wish in this movie we had spent more time with the original gang. We mm-hmm. got a lot of time with them in Toy Story three. That's true. Which is nice.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to mention a couple of things about uh about the auxiliary toy characters sure uh first of all all the toys that were talking to woody in the uh closet
0: yeah those were all
1: those were all comedy legends get out of here the chair was carol burnett i did
0: yeah i didn't know that
1: uh the elephant was mel brooks stop the clock was alan oppenheimer and i can't oh the rhinoceros was carl reiner love yeah how cool is that um and then so Mr. Potato Head, you know who voiced Mr. Potato Head? Yes. Don Rickles. Yes. Don Rickles died two years ago. Yeah. They apparently reached out to his family and like, look, we have enough lines that he said over the years. Are you okay if we use those to piece his character in this movie? And they were like, of course. Please. Please, please do
0: that. We want to hear him again. Yeah.
1: So, and the movie was dedicated to him and a couple of the animators as well. Yeah. Um. But, uh. but yeah, that, that was pretty, that was pretty great. Um, and of course, Jim Varney only voiced the Slinky Dog in the first two Toy Story movies, and then he passed away after that. And then uh, Blake—I can't remember his last name—he uh, uh, he was the assistant coach in the water boy. Yeah. He was also. Uh, he was also. Charlie's being very cute right now.
0: He's he's hunting. I don't he's know what... er, he's suburban dog hunting. Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> but but yeah, I. I would have loved more moments. Um, I loved Kristen Schaal as the Triceratops. I mean, I love Kristen Schaal anyway. I love it.
0: <laughs> I think one of my favorite lines is, no, we are not sending dad to jail. Yeah. And then the RV has mass chaos. And then the unicorn is under the pedals going, dad's going to go to jail. Yeah. And it's like this sweet little.
1: Um, I think that was Jeff Garland.
0: Uh, and I love it. One thing that I think was so beautiful about this movie, and one thing about the animation that was so successful, is that unicorn was dirty. Yeah. And whenever I see something, I hate when I get new gear. Mm -hmm. I hate when I get new gear.
1: It's too clean. I I always, I I always obsess over it less whenever I've had it for a while. Right now, all my scents, I mean, they need a good dusting, but one. I used to be really bad about like the little LCD screens always come with a little plastic uh, cover on them. Mm-hmm. And I always used to be really bad about leaving that on there because I was like, "Well, I want to keep it fresh. I want to keep it fresh." And Eventually, I was like, "You know what?" And I just ripped it off. I'm like, "Oh, that feels better.
0: It feels so good." Yeah. Well, I was um, looking at my kit the other day, and I was like, "It looks like I love it. Mm-hmm. It's not dirty in the sense that it's nasty. Yeah. But it's these this gear of mine has." been places yeah, and I'm so proud of it and that unicorn looked really loved Mm -hmm. and I loved I loved that yeah I loved that um let's dive into Forky
1: yeah so Forky voiced by Tony Hill who is a gift yeah I love Tony Hill I'm gonna be honest I have complicated feelings with him after that Arrested Development New York Times interview yeah uh because he I mean, yeah, we're not going to go into that. Yeah, but Tony Hale is great in what he does, and he—it was devastating watching him this season of Veep, the, the final oh. season. Oh, yeah.
0: No spoilers for that. Go see. Just if,
1: yeah, if you have HBO and you are remotely into things like that, you need to watch Veep. Yeah. Um, but he was great. Apparently, they pitch. Apparently, whenever they asked him to do it, his response was. A movie about a spork that has an existential crisis. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) He was perfect though, and well, and he talks about like a lot of my characters, like their base level emotion is confused, so it worked (laughs) for me.
0: (laughs) But this watching this spork discover life, and he's like, I've known Woody my whole life, which has been two two days from now. Um, I, I what I love about that is what they did with Forky, is they let We've not seen in these movies the kid create their own toy, right? And and really love it. And then we, you know, by the end of the movie, they flash forward a whole year, Mm -hmm. and there's another, there's. Would they name the knife? They'd never named the knife. Oh, okay.
1: But it was essentially Sporky, but with a knife, and it was a girl, and he was like, he's like, you know, you're beautiful and unique, and she, her response was, how am I alive? And he has this big smile, is he's like, I don't know, <laughs> and that's the last line of the movie. I love it so much. Um no, he was he was great in it. I was I was concerned about how much existential crisis we were going to have to deal with with the spork because it was like, great. <laughs> we can't get rid of toys, now we can't throw away utensils. I mean, we shouldn't be throwing away single-use plastics anyway, but that's a conversation for another we're day. We're trying. Yeah. Um, but I like that they didn't go too heavy on it. I agree. Like it wasn't like, you know, wait, they were just going to throw me away. Well, why would they do that? It was like, no, my purpose is to be thrown away. I love trash. It's warm. Yeah. Um, and then it's safe. And then the way that he becomes like obsessed with getting back to Bonnie is like, wait, Bonnie's I'm like Bonnie's trash. I need to get back to her. I love it.
0: I also, um, the, my MVP is Forky because the specificity in which they chose that he walks mm-hmm. and is. Yeah. Like his arms never stay up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when the when one of the ventriloquist dolls is tightening his arms, and he's like, oh, that's better. <laughs> um, I The scene where Woody jumps out of the RV to go get Forky and is dragging Forky back. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, and Forky keeps asking, will you carry me? No. Will you carry me? No. And it's like, walk, 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 drag. Yeah. Walk, 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 drag. And by the end, Woody's carrying Forky. I just think the specificity in that, and you immediately. We spent a lot of time talking about scripts um, today before we went and saw it. And there's something about like this immediate satisfaction on watching. They're having a conversation about being toys, but they aren't talking about the relationship yet. We're watching their relationship literally grow as they walk. Mm -hmm. And we don't need words to describe that. And they immediately bond. And then something happens to Forky and, Again, and and it does have to deal all with Woody's own his own existential crisis, mm-hmm. um, but I just think I I just think that storytelling is just next level.
1: I do too. I I have no complaints about Forky and Forky's place in it. Again, I was concerned because. You know, eventually, if every inanimate object comes to life, Pixar is just going to have us all freaking out about when something... Uh... Yeah,
0: there's a reason I will not see Sausage Party. Yeah. Um, I, I like. I need vegetables, y'all. I, I need
1: them. My first acoustic guitar I ever built, my baritone guitar, uh, the bridge lifted on it, meaning that I can't keep it in tune, and it's pulling itself apart. And it might be fixable, but I just decided that I'm not going to deal with it. So I literally got the case out of the garage. I brought it in here. I cased it up and I put it back out. And thanks to things like Pixar, I actually had a moment where that was like really hard. And I was like, am I doing the right thing? And then just realizing that, you know, it's wood and lacquer that I've put together. And it's fine.
0: But it's hard because I I think trees are alive. Yeah. It's hard. And it's hard not to give things immortality, mortality mm-hmm. and i think that there's a joy in giving things a story and loving them and these movies definitely have given us a, an, uh, a a conundrum yeah um one of the last characters i really want to talk about because these movies are just character
1: heavy um was bo peep Bo Peep, yeah. Um, so what a cool arc. Interesting thing about Bo Peep. Uh-huh. So she was in the first two. She wasn't in the third. And I didn't even notice that until I realized that they brought Bo Peep back for this one. Yeah. You know why she wasn't in the 3rd Because they realized as they were going through that Bo Peep being porcelain, there's no way that she would have survived the trash compactor. None. So rather than, rather than figure that out, they left her out of the movie because they were like, we have no idea how to get out of this she one. She would chatter. Yeah. So... But they did a great job bringing her back and giving her a big character. Um, there's a moment in Toy Story 1, I was reading about this, because I haven't watched the Toy Story movies in a long time. Mm-hmm. We'll eventually get Disney Plus, and I'll catch back up on them. Yeah. Uh, but in the first movie, whenever Buzz comes out and everybody's real impressive, uh, she's just like, I think I just found my moving buddy. Yeah. And whenever she sees him and they hug each other, uh, she's like, my moving buddy! Aww. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bo Peep becomes awesome. Uh, I, I love her like group of misfit toys. You know who voiced Combat Carl? Who? Carl Weathers. Love. Yeah. Polar Carl. Hey, he finally got his high five oh at the Oh my gosh, it was killing me. Stay for the credits, people. Stay for the credits. Um, but uh, But yeah... Uh, and that was Annie Potts, who had voiced her in the other two movies that she was in. Who was also most people know her as the secretary in Ghostbusters. Yeah, um, I recommend you listen to the uh, Toy Story episode of Unspooled because she's the special guest on there, and it's a really interesting interview. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, it's funny because I've started I started listening to Unspooled since episode one, and. Now it's like on like the top 50 in movie podcasts on Apple Podcasts. So now, like, they used to just get people who are like, oh, maybe you can comment on this and some great interviews. But now, like, they have Annie Potts on there, they have Spike Lee on there, yeah. uh, you know, talking about their own movies. So it's just really interesting to watch that grow. That's cool. Um, what, what was all was I going to say? Yeah, uh, I love Bo Peep. I loved her group of people. Um, MVP moment when she goes to help Woody up. And her arm falls off, and everyone
0: loses <laughs> yeah. their mind. And she just plays
1: along with it. I
0: love it. She's like, "It's okay, it's okay," and they just tape it back on. Yeah. And I, I just love that it's. These are toys. Mm-hmm. Um. There, it's, there, it's great.
1: There was a great moment whenever Woody was reminiscing. And talking about Bo Peep's purpose whenever she was there, yeah. Uh, how um, I guess it was Molly and Molly sister. couldn't
0: she couldn't sleep at night. Yeah,
1: so she so they bought Bo Peep as a nightlight and like to see Bo Peep who was just like, no, I like being a lost toy. I don't want to have a kid, and to see her be like, yeah, that was a good time, and the way that the way that she performed it and the way that they animated that. Is something that we've been having to deal with a lot lately too, which is essentially yes, that was a good moment in my life. Now it's over and I'm here. Yeah, and I think and like I, I say that with like, and she didn't regret. She was just like, I'm glad I have that memory.
0: And I think to me, this is this movie was a home run in the sense that it really spoke to being a grown up mm-hmm. and that. There are things you really want to hang on to. i I I know that there's things that even since we've been married, which that's something happened while we were um, away, is we celebrated nine years of marriage. Yes, we did. And there's so much there's routines. there's dinners that we used to eat, routines we used to have. Homes, we your sister recently sent me a picture of that palm tree in our backyard Mm -hmm. in our first house in LA. Yeah, not the first place we lived, but our first house. And there's delicious and wonderful and happy things that it's just like Bo Peep is you feel them, they feel great, and then it's on to the next thing. And Mm -hmm. it was so interesting to watch all these characters in their own way move on yeah but also for those that stayed in the tribe mm-hmm. that that's where they were and nobody everyone was there was that big group hug that they were sad to see woody go but they weren't like well what what did you, what am i silly for staying yeah and we do that to each other we inherently do that to each other we're that's just where everyone was, mm-hmm. and I thought, how cool! Yeah, how cool! And that, and I just love that they all became vigilantes to let all these toys have play with have a kid to play with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I just thought that this movie really, I mean, just hit it out of the ballpark.
1: I thought I think so too. Um, and even if you are listening to this and you haven't watched it yet. Uh, and obviously we've been saying spoilers, this movie has I think an extreme rewatchability to it. I agree. I I really agree and I
0: feel and you know, in in our review our in our reviews we don't talk about every little thing. We try to get to the heart of what this we always try to just get to the heart of the matter mm-hmm. and talk about our favorite things that really helped you get to the heart of the matter. And I think this movie just does really well at, it's a really fun story just like they all are. But this one really, I can to steal a word existential. Mm-hmm more more so than the others.
1: Can you think of any other film series? And of course, this is only like 4. It's not like there's many in to- the Toy Story movies as there are like James Bond movies. Totally. But can you think of any other movie that over the course of 25 years has made like four pretty much perfect movies? No. No. I no. can't I can't either. No. Um I mean there have been some like over the course of almost a decade like you know i would say the nolan batman movies for what they all are are all pretty close to that but that's still only over the course of seven years and to
0: and i think the added challenge is to do it for a children's movie yeah uh watching mrs doubtfire again last night that children's content for children cannot talk down to them right and and these movies don't no and not in the Shrek way, where if there's potty humor or adult humor yeah. glazed over this child's movie. That's not what I mean. Yeah, there,
1: it's not. It's not about veiled sex jokes,
0: right? But in the previews, we saw how many fart jokes. Yeah. Now, I am an advocate for a fart joke. Yes, you are. But there was like three or four, and there's a, there was a lot of previews for a, a
1: mm-hmm. and, children's movie, and not all of them looked good
0: no and but some of them were really talking down to this audience and these movies don't
1: right they they treat children like people and not just like children right and the best pixar movies do that now the cars movies i think are failures whenever it comes to that you think so yeah i do not like the cars movies i like the first cars movie i do not like but i
0: also watched it with samuel and when he was little Mm -hmm. who's
1: gonna he, he just turned sixteen.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love I I like the first Cars, mm-hmm. but I also have I have an associated memory with it. Yeah. Um. Was um, Wreck It Ralph?
1: That was Disney, not Pixar. Okay, I love Wreck It Ralph.
0: Wreck It Ralph is good, which I watched
1: with Ryder. Mm-hmm. But Wreck It Ralph was great. Right, I like Wreck It Ralph too. I haven't seen that one. Didn't we watch it together? No, we watched the first Wreck-It Ralph together.
0: Then I have not seen the second
1: one. Well, it's, a, it's on Netflix, we can watch there it. There you have it. We've got too many things to watch. Yeah, we do.
0: But anyway, um, I really can't think of a, I think this has gotta be one of the most successful with the added challenge of its audience. Mm-hmm.
1: What would you say are your favorite Pixar movies, besides Toy Story? Because all we've done is sing the praises of Toy Story tonight. Um, up? Up, definitely. Uh, I'd I'd put the Incredibles up there.
0: I love the Incredibles.
1: Yeah, I I think I like the second one a little less than whenever we did it last year.
0: I still really like the second one, but um, this, I, re- I really like the second one. Yeah, but the, the first second one is brilliant.
1: Yeah, the second one is a really good movie, but it just doesn't capture the magic that the first one has. Yeah. Um, let's see other Pixar movies that I really liked. Um, I mean, there's Wall-E, of course and oh. Wally's another one that deals with a lot of really heavy stuff in a way that kids can yeah. handle
0: Wally is I, I think I've said this on this podcast before but don't ever watch it by yourself y'all
1: yeah um Oof. Finding Nemo's good I don't that's one that I've seen probably the fewest amount of times of the ones that I've seen like I haven't seen Finding Dory
0: no I was actually talking we were talking about that on set the, uh, yesterday mm-hmm. oh, yeah yesterday uh and love Finding Nemo um I, but I heard Finding
1: Dory was good. Yeah. Um, um, I have a soft spot in my heart for A Bug's Life.
0: Aww. Yeah. Yeah. I get really confused with, with Disney and Pixar. Well, yeah, I mean... Because I love Up.
1: Mm-hmm. Up is Pixar.
0: I love Up. Coco?
1: Co- oh, God. Coco. 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 I haven't seen The Good Dinosaur.
0: I've not seen that.
1: Um. God, I mean... Over twenty five years, they've made so many movies.
0: Yeah, uh, Bow won an Academy Award.
1: Yeah, Bow was great.
0: It was it was a little bizarre.
1: But I mean, I like bizarre stuff.
0: I liked it, but when 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 it was first unraveling, I don't want to spoil this in case you haven't seen Bow. It was the beginning of The Incredibles too. Mm-hmm. But I don't, so I definitely don't want to spoil it. Um, it's worth watching. It's as it unfolded, I was like, ah, what's happening?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, basically, I'm on board for pretty much any Pixar movie. Now, there's the one that they did, uh, Onward, they showed a preview for. Yeah. I don't, that one does not look interesting to me, but it's a Pixar movie, so I know it's probably gonna be good. And,
0: the, and it's from the makers of Coco.
1: Well, no, I mean, what they meant by that was that it's a Pixar movie, because they're oh. like, from the makers of Toy Story, Coco, blah, 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 blah. Oh, blah. no,
0: they did two specific ones any yeah
1: um yeah that one doesn't look great to me but i know it's going to be but good.
0: it was also it, it only it onward it, it so far looks like it's going to be set in a very where magical creatures and magic <laughs> is normal you know what
1: it looked like bright the uh, netflix movie with funny. yeah with will smith uh-huh. apparently
0: that with that got a bad rap apparently
1: Well, I don't know. It's a Max Landis movie. Oh,
0: then never mind. It's a Max
1: Landis movie that includes Will Smith saying the line, fairy lives don't matter today. Not today, Satan. Not today. What do we tell the God of Satan? Not today.
0: (laughs) And on that note, should someone go see Toy Story 4?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if if you've already been on board with the first three. Um... I I'm sure you could probably watch it. Uh they do a pretty good recap at the beginning. I'm sure you could watch it even if you haven't seen the other ones. I have a hard time thinking of people who would like listen to our podcast who haven't seen t- the Toy Story movies at this point. Yeah. But uh yeah, I would definitely go see it. How about you?
0: Oh, 100%. I do think that you can see this movie without preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. Sure you're going to be missing some richness, but they 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 set the fan they set these who these pe- people are to people, Lord have mercy, these toys, who they are to one another. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely clear. Um, and remember, this is a it's meant for younger audiences. So they're not going to just come out right, being like thinking that a six year old is going to remember even if they saw Toy Story three two day or the weekend before. Mm-hmm. Now, young children are freaking sponges and they'd probably remember that better than something that you've told them. But you
1: probably heard them talk about it in the car over and over and yeah, over and over But
0: also I, th- I think it's designed to just watch it. Yeah, I think I don't, I think seeing the other ones is super helpful and it's more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes, it makes the heartfelt moments really heartfelt, but I think it's an extremely successful movie it's yet another example of a successful storytelling mm-hmm. um, with that doesn't fall into tropes, right? Yeah. There's cliche in there, but that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. We've cliche got,
1: isn't always a bad thing.
0: No, and just like we were talking about earlier today. Cliche is there, and it's there because it's worked. Yeah. And it's become a cliche, and, and I, I thought this was so imaginative and so fun. I had such a good time. I loved having a date with you. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, and it was nice, even yeah. though it's way too late right now.
0: It is, and I think it's I think it's time to sign off.
1: Yeah, I, I will say, Charlie agrees. <laughs> he just uh, groaned. I will say, I'm proud of us because I don't think we're stopping because we're spiraling.
0: Yeah, it's time. Go see this movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let us let know us... what you think about it. Absolutely, and... Um... Well, I guess with that, buckle up, go see Toy Story 4, and we'll see you next time. I'm Jess. I'm Jordan. Have a good one.